0: You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at soundtalentmedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians and we talk about their lives, music, and craft beer just want to give a huge shout out and a huge thank you to all the Vox and Hopsheads that picked up their water makes you rust when you're made of metal long sleeve. This past Wednesday, I closed the pre-orders for that sucker, and I have put the shipment in yesterday, and I can't wait to get these long sleeves. My graphic artist, Andrew Tremblay, outdid himself on this design. I'm so excited to hold these in my hands, take some pictures, show you guys what they look like, and then I'm going to ship them out, and then that's it. I can't wait to see you guys wearing them once you receive them take some pictures i want to see what you guys look like in this water makes you rust when you're made of metal long sleeves if you'd like to support the podcast the best way to do that is through the vox and hops big cartel page i have the link in the description we still got the vox and hops cuff knit beanies up there and the nine ounce branded glassware which are still available right now today on the podcast i'm with chris knoff the sound man the tour manager The Swiss Machine, here it is, Vox and Hops, episode number 87.
1: I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Chris Snoth, the sound man extraordinaire, the Swiss machine. (laughs) Cheese machine. Swiss cheese machine. Yes,
2: that sounds about right. How's it going?
0: Very good. Very good. It's good to see you. Uh, For everybody out there in the world that doesn't know this, we met about a year ago now almost uh, when we did Hell Over Europe, too, with Aborted, Cryptopsy, Cytotoxin, and Benighted. Yes. And that's when I met you. You were doing sound for Aborted, and you were uh, the TM of the whole tour. Yes. Yeah, good times. We hit it off easily. Easily. Did so. Some people uh, I just get along with, and you happen to be one of those people. That was fairly easy. It was a good good times tour until the UK. But that that's what the UK. That's is. That's part of the UK. UK. <laughs> it's, it's, part part of it's part of its charm. the yes. <laughs> <laughs> charm. Yes, Charms, Sorry. Let's give everyone a rundown. Who is Chris Noth? What do you do? Where did you come from?
2: Um, yeah, all right. Uh, Switzerland, it is. Switzerland is where it's going down most of the times. Uh, I've been doing live sound for like 15 years or so. Uh, studio work as well, as most people do. I uh, started TMing like 10 years ago. And I've been doing like combinations of these three things. Plus, uh, in Switzerland, I, I've... Um, I've been part of labels, agencies, management structures, whatever. So I still have like one foot in the local scene and I try to push bands a bunch whenever I have some sort of energy left for that. So that plus good food.
0: (laughs) There you go. And a
2: good drink that goes along with it. That's it. I always think it's so baffling and I love
0: interviewing crew members because you guys tend to be on tour way more than bands are how does that happen is it because it just ends up being your job and it becomes a being a necessity to make money and to pay the bills or is it just that so you get the buck
2: Ha! Huh. Um, it it was a necessity to be on tour all the time and now I can like since four or five years it started to make sense financially because that's of course also an important point Um So I got to be a bit more picky. And now it just happens to be so whenever I'm at the, like within a week, when I'm at the studio, I feel like, huh, going out on tour would be a good thing. And then I'm a week on tour and I'm like, well, being at the studio would be a good thing. So I'm trying to strike a good balance. And this is working out so far, so. So Is it it also at the point where
0: you've created relationships with so many bands and you get to the point where you become their guy? Yeah. uh, And how hard is it for you? Let's start with that, and I have a a follow-up question to that.
2: Yeah, so um, I have a couple of main bands that I tour with, and it just so happened that last year and going into this year as well, not all of them were out on tour. So that, that gave me a good solid balance. But of course, that's not always this easy. Whenever it, it it lines up and all the bands have releases, then it's busy as fuck. Oh, sorry, can I? No, you can say yes, whatever the fuck I you can. want. Huh, it's my perfect. podcast. Fuck that shit. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so it has its pros and cons,
0: but it yeah, it's cool. How frustrating is it when you have like tours that coincide and you have to choose? Oh, it, it gives me nightmares. What would be the deciding factor? Taking one or the other, just time, schedule, financials, the relationship, the Uh time that you've been with them.
2: I'd like to say finances don't play a role in this, but they do. Um, Living in Switzerland and touring on European salaries does not have any positive aspects at all, I'm afraid. Uh, Just because I have high taxes to pay and I try to do things correct by now because being 35, you know, you don't have energy to fuck around with weird trickery, so... Uh, plus, I'm actually having someone doing my books now, so... Uh, that's nice. So I try to do... Th- <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I try to do, uh, stick to, to the proper way of doing things, which also means uh, sorting things along the proper numbers. And unfortunately, that has meant refusing a couple of things I would have liked to do because people are cool, our projects are cool, but the numbers just didn't make sense. Uh, for me, there's a couple of factors. It, it is the people, it is the music, it is the money, and it's also the, the intrigue that this tour has for me, being it's like on a technical aspect. If it just means making kick drums loud and making people lose their pants, of course that's cool, but after four days, this gets very stale uh, t m aspect same if the people i mean if the show is cool, if the music is fun and if the gear is intriguing, but the people are hard to, to go along with, then I'll rather not do it, so it's usually a combination of those things and if all those things line up and the people are cool to have me then i'll happily stick around for as long as possible of course become a part of the family yes uh sometimes planets align and all of this works out and makes sense so that's very cool
0: are you the type of guy that when you can't do a tour for a band do you go and watch the youtube videos of some other dude doing the sound and then you No, i would never
2: do that (laughs) (laughs) yes i do (laughs) Uh, Instagram has
0: not helped with this. (laughs) It's probably like really hard for sound, man, because you're like an integral part of the show, but you can't go up there and say, oh, we have fucked up the guitar solo. (laughs) And only sound engineers mostly will notice when something is wrong or off
2: or fucked up. (laughs) Yeah, it's... Uh Huh, that's a good one. I mean, first of all, trusting phones, uh, recording live audio. Yeah, yeah, audio. Let's, judge, let's
0: judge everything on that. Yes, yeah.
2: absolutely. So that's fun. <laughs> um, I, I try to not go by it, but I would lie if I would say I'm not checking out what's happening on Instagram after a show that I've been doing. And it's, it's good to take, like, an average cue out of it if, like, all of these videos will highlight a thing, then, or, like... Underlight the thing If that's a, if that's a word Then I would definitely Take that as a cue And work on my mix That's for sure But I'll try to Keep my fingers Out of shows I'm not doing I'll try to let the people Do whatever they are doing if
0: You're not that guy That's going to sneak up Behind the sound man And try to help uh, him Fix stuff
2: Surely not <laughs> <laughs> No when I'm not working I try to uh, and, and not have my fingers In there You can go to a show And, and just turn off I know a oh, lot of sound man Can't oh, No that I cannot do uh I can I can be at the show and enjoy it. That's cool. But I oh, this is, the brain is always running. Like, I mean it's just what it is. So
0: I spoke to a brewer who made beers and he makes really good beers and we spoke about drinking shit beers and trying to turn his brain off. And not judging and trying to analyze everything—it's it's, it's sort of almost the same thing. I think that's interesting. So, so,
2: so what was his? Uh... He
0: has a very, very, very hard time, and he has to really force himself to just. Yeah, it's it's refreshing. Horrible. Drink it. It is what it is. Yeah. I mean, it's a beer for the moment. Yeah. It's not the most complex beer ever. <laughs> Speaking of beer, Vox and Hops is all about craft beer and hanging out with fellow metal musicians. Metal crewman. Today on the podcast is uh, the craft beer that started my entire craft beer journey. I've never had on the podcast, funnily enough, because I, I've i sort of surpassed it. But it is still a very solid beer. It is from Mikel Brasseri Le Castel, and it is their Yakima IPA. Let's see what it's got. All right, here we go. Cheers. Cheers to you, sir. Thank you very much. It smells uh, like I remember it. I remember when I first started drinking this, just the fact that the the hop profile really just hit me. Ooh. Tasted more interesting than just normal beers that I was drinking. Absolutely. They still make a whole bunch of amazing beers.
2: This is, okay, this is cool. I like
0: it. Yeah, a nice West Coast-style IPA with the Yakima hops. I love La Castal, They make a whole bunch of really interesting stuff. Do you like craft beer? I can't remember. I feel like I, I was like on a craft beer mission last year, <laughs> and you were so busy TMing and stuff. I never really invited you out.
2: Yeah, that's true. We didn't really get to drink that much. Or just, let's face it, sometimes we do drink cheap beers post-show. I uh, was I do like craft beers. I rarely get to do it. Because usually when it's time to drink, it's also time to go sleep because six hours later we're somewhere else and just someone yell- else to yell at. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> Especially being a TM. It's always like your job to be first one up, first one in the venue, first one helping the bus driver park the bus that happens
2: from time to time <laughs>
0: <laughs> let's talk about the craft beer scene in, in Switzerland
2: is it there what is it like uh, it, it is getting there it's it's good fun um, there's not a straight line between uh, big restaurants and, and, and small craft beer places or breweries which is cool big restaurants have spotted this uh, a while ago since especially we always had beer made locally we have I don't know if it overall in Europe that's a thing, but monasteries have been doing their own beers. I'm guessing it must have been the same over here as well. Yes, but not as big as over there and yeah. Okay. So there's always We definitely been... had breweries that were inspired by those beers. Oh right, okay. Yeah. So there's always been a foot in that territory from bigger I guess chains? So, restaurants always had contact with breweries, so you can easily go to a big restaurant where meals are properly uh, prepared, are very delicious, locally sourced. But it's it's sort of a chain, it's a big thing, and they have their own beer going, so that's very nice. That's interesting, it's not going to be like a like a Budweiser or a Budvar or no, a Pilsner Jekyll no. you or... Can, you can get that as well. They I mean, they offer a wide range of things. But if you're intrigued uh, in, in proper uh, beer tasting or just small, really delicious local. stuff, there's always something available. That's cool. And yeah. that is very cool. But then also, of course, you get the, the small bars who do like also import uh, special stuff but also have their own thing going. So it's a, it's a very it's a diverse scene. It's very cool. What would be like your go-to style of beer if you
0: could only drink one style of beer for the rest of your life? What style of beer would that be? that is a
2: good question um it depends what i'm up to after that because i'm a very <laughs> shitty drinker so i have to plan ahead i remember we had fun you're a fun drinker but you have a lot of work to do yeah oh, okay uh let me rephrase uh my batteries drain quickly when i drink there we go. Is that a thing? No, it works. It okay, works. Uh, yeah, you do. You do have a job, a big job to do, yeah. and your job lasts long. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Let's. That, that's definitely a part of it. So, um, let's say I try to drink consciously. Yes, which <laughs> or, is a wise thing with age. Yes. There you go. Uh, and I have definitely been stupid on drinks, so plenty of that has been done already. Um, so it, it, it depends on what I have planned for after that being the night or the day or whatever. For instance, right now, I planned this because this beer right here will already make me tipsy enough. But also, there will be a dinner after this. So perfectly cool. I usually try not to drink before a show because I know the impact it has on me. That's something I like to talk about, too, is the impact of being drunk and doing sound and how much that changes and what happens. Oh, I, I'd feel terrible about that because I mean 99.9% uh, of the time things go well things are cool of course depending on the band and the performance and whatnot but on the technical side but when there's an issue and there are issues let's face it uh, and especially now things being on the digital side of uh, of, of technology uh, you have to be on point so alcohol influencing all of that is a no-go you got you got to be as sharp as you can yes absolutely because a lot of times it doesn't just come down anymore to swapping a microphone or an xlr there's other issues there's ip addresses configuration and networking and laptops and hard drives and whatnot so if there's an issue you're gonna look very stupid if it's down to alcohol
0: i've also heard that it affects like your hearing
2: Absolutely, yes. Where you hear less dBs, or is it you just hear less frequencies? Well, uh, given that actually science doesn't really know how the inner ear works still up to this day, and uh, sound is mostly... uh, The experience of sound is a very personal experience. uh, The influence of alcohol is also completely diverse uh, along the scale of people drinking. So I cannot honestly say the precise impact it has on me. It just clouds my judgment and i don't want that to be a part uh, of the show and the experience that the uh, concert goes especially the paying concert growers have yeah, So yeah, I we try- don't care about those people on the guest list oh no oh god no those people <laughs> can't fuck themselves uh, oh, oh my god except you <laughs> <laughs> no so I, I try to uh keep it to a minimum but a proper meal with a good drink any day anytime that works that much i can take it's,
0: it's like a, two hands holding yes each absolutely. other <laughs> let's <laughs> you know, go back to you room. why are you a sound man how did that what is that path you you mentioned that you played guitar how did it go from playing guitar mm-hmm. i might want to be in a band to i'm gonna do sound instead of yeah. a full-time job
2: uh straight line pretty much uh as a sort of okay guitar player in a sort of okay local band this being a very small town with 600 people in there wow. living there in Switzerland and the next town being like 1500 there was of course no one to share this passion with so I tried you to play p- drums you play bass I don't care what style it is we're a band yeah more <laughs> or less we had no singer we had no bass player two guitar players one drummer go uh, uh, instrumental bassless thrash metal <laughs> you do not want to <laughs> look
0: this up <laughs> uh, well, you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> So, but GarageBand was already out there so I dabbled with that and uh, and, and, and a shitty computer and I, I do have to say that I was doing graphic design for a while so at least I had a Mac at home which helped immensely just trying to figure things out and it went on from there I was, uh, uh, I was doing guitar lessons in a music school while doing an apprenticeship as a graphic designer and I just always realized that music was gonna be a part of my life because that, that's where all the energy and love went anyway. Let's
0: rewind even further to your youth growing up. Did you grow up in a house with musicians? <laughs> Did you do was it, was there
2: music playing in the house? No musicians. My uncle was playing gypsy guitar uh, so he was always the 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 bad example oh, if if you, you know, know what like, I mean from your parents eyes yeah they, yeah, they were always like, whoa. whoa. That doesn't seem to be going anywhere. He seems to be not making that much money. You would never like to do this, Chris, wouldn't you? So it was always the bad example. That's like when your punk rock self was like, oh, yes. yeah. Oh, fuck that. I'm going to do exactly that. <laughs> no, but also uh, my mom was listening to and still is uh, listening to a lot of uh, Queen and Brian Adams. And uh, maybe some Santana was in there. She, she had a bunch of, of vinyls back at home. So that was very cool. Uh, so, And my parents always pushed me and my sisters as well uh, to do an instrument and, and do some sports. They always knew that like a diverse upbringing is a proper upbringing, so that was very cool. But then when I pushed for more of that, they were like, oh, you got to finish your apprenticeship. And of course, they were completely right, and of course I hated their guts for it. <laughs> Being halfway an adult now, I appreciate. Thank you very much. Uh, so I finished my apprenticeship first, uh, but did a lot of shitty guitar playing, uh, Fender Stratocaster, even though that was not what I was looking for, as I later on realized. So uh, I, I found out that, there, that there's a sound engineering school in Zurich, which is the SAE Institute, of course, that is globally known. Uh, so I started to do that uh, and then quit my job as a graphic designer that just did guitar lessons and that and some local bands started to play more and more shows. I tagged along, yada, 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 Doing sound. later. Yes okay sorry yeah of course yeah so the guitar playing didn't go anywhere <laughs> <laughs> i should have started with that no i just immensely enjoyed working with bands now
0: because you, you studied doing sound engineering mm-hmm. but when you said that i thought it would be more like for like recording bands
2: uh it was sort of both that sae institute or sae in general is more studio stuff but for me uh i like both sides it's completely different other than uh, sm57 will always save your day uh that's that's as much as is there so yeah that was more recording based but i just took away whatever i needed it helped me find the time and, and dig into stuff that you obviously wouldn't be able to do live because you're on a you're on a there's a time frame you need to solve a thing if it doesn't work well that's what it is as with studio and a special digital age, you can fix so many things in so many different ways. So, uh, yeah, so that helped a lot. Uh, and then I just started to go out with uh, local bands that started to do shows. And What
0: would be that big first tour? When you climb into that, you know, you see the tour dates, you get asked it, Yeah, it all lines up. Uh, yeah. What would be that tour?
2: Uh, I did Sound for the Ocean, which... I appear to know you enjoy quite a bit. I do, I do very right. much, yeah. So they had a whole Swiss branch of their lineup for quite a while around the, uh, oh my god, heliocentric album. That sounds about correct, yeah. Just after Precambrian. Uh, so that must have been like, I'm going to say, seven, eight years ago. Um, And I I happen to work with the Swiss branch of their lineup uh, with their other projects because, of course, all those people are really fucking crazy and have a ton of crazy and very cool things going on amongst other let me just name it up real quick call guns check it out louis Jucker, check it out it's all those people they do amazing stuff there's a record label in there it's called homeless records very good people very creative people that's how all this started they were already crea- creative back then they cut their teeth if that's the same that is exactly mm-hmm. right. uh, with the ocean it started with the ocean looking for a guitar player this swiss guy wrote the ocean john anido uh, he joined the band he brought everyone else in there so the singer became swiss the bass player became swiss the sound engineer became swiss and then that sound engineer couldn't do a tour they asked me because we had met before that i had done sound for some of their projects that's how that started I got offered a tour with them supporting Dillinger Escape Plan for one shit. month, and I was like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> that was insane. That was literally insane because I mean, zero budget, international big tour, chasing the headliner in a family van with it. A... Holy shit! Oh, really? Yes. All of it. Okay. With a trailer, with full light show, the best, the best tour of your life. Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Sleeping on the floor, just a sign-up merch every day. Hey, do you guys have space for a bunch of bums? That's literally what the sign said, by the way. Wow. And yeah. every day, because zero budget. You're a support band. It's crazy. Eh? It's funny how those those tours are the ones that we remember
0: the most, and that, Absolutely. We, like and that we love the most. Mm. Yeah. I have the most stories because every day was yes. just up in the air you didn't know
2: what was going to happen I would never do this again but for five <laughs> four or five years this was my life oh my god for four or five years yeah we, we did a lot of that stuff uh, it, it became Nightliner Tours somewhere along that but I did the same with a bunch of other bands um, and it was Good fun. It was really fucking cool. Of course, networking was a big part of it. Meeting other crew people, realizing how it works on an international level, what, how things work, how things work in a, a limited amount of time, how fast you have to be to be able to deliver. Um, but then also working with the band, tuning a live show uh, to the constraints that there are. I mean, you're the opener. You have 30 minutes. You probably get, if you get a sound check, it's limited in time, limited in gear if you don't well 10 minutes change over line check have fun with that okay cool laptop is fucking up what are we doing so th- that's definitely the biggest part of of uh of, of my upbringing in this in in this very universe so yeah last year
0: i believe uh when we came over here did hell over north america that was your first time over here yes that's do let's talk about the differences between touring in europe and then coming over and touring in the states and touring in north america what would be the major difference
2: uh it's very uk like and oh my god don't take it that as an insult (laughs) uh if you're touring europe the uk is a good example of what's going on over here no one cares and i don't mean the crowd by that i just mean the crew local staff you don't like what we have cool the next band will certainly like it so take it or leave it i remember you being frustrated some days Uh, Over here, I have to admit, less frustrated than on the European leg, after all. Really? Yes. Which is weird, but I made sense of it by now. Because, okay, so here's my thing. Uh, It has to make sense on a philosophical level. So I, (laughs) I, I deconstructed the whole thing numerous times in my head and through discussions with other people as well. But over here, you walk into the venue, that's what it is. In Europe, there's always some dude going, yeah, but someone will bring a thing later and it'll be different. Be it tech, be it... Backline, be it food, be it drinks. Oh, yeah, there's going to be a thing later. And then you have to chase the dude who said a thing... To another guy that because there's gonna be a thing so maybe later eventually somehow there will be a thing over here it's just nah. deal with it okay cool got it how easy
0: was the jump going from just doing sound to becoming a TM was it a logical jump was it something
2: that surprisingly easy cuz I like to be busy so just doing sound was me sitting in a corner uh, four hours a day without having anything to do so I got bored because I like to do long sound checks but it turns out musicians don't you are correct <laughs> what a coincidence <laughs> so uh, uh, even after the longest sound check there's still let's say eight hours left in your day so there's only so much tuning a drum kit can take and so much fixing of the settings a guitar amp can take and so much fixing of the playback tracks oh my god did I say playback did we just bust a myth no people know right oh no yeah no people people, people know, know. Yes. okay well anyway
0: when bands when bands are playing
2: live there's other tracks playing people hey, yes it's the stop future. being surprised <laughs> <laughs> it's the future uh, so there's only so much tuning of all that stuff that can be done within a day until you start to mess with people's heads so I had to get I had to be busy elsewhere so that happened but also, of course, it helps bands because there, there's a budget. A lot of times it helps if there's one person taking care of multiple things. So there's that. And it also
0: helps when it's not a band member. Because if any stuff goes wrong or if anything's not yes. great, you're the asshole. Absolutely. Not a band member. So when, Absolutely. The, when, when you come back, they don't remember the guys on stage being the tough hard ass absolutely it's the TM absolutely now.
2: and that is sometimes a weird role to play but it's also I mean it works for me and uh, to come back to the original question it works in the US a bit easier because it's straight up they know your job is making the band happy Nothing is being taken personal. If you're like, this isn't working, we need a solution. It's straight up, yes, we got that, or no, we don't have that. In Europe, there's always a, oh, yes, uh, I know, uh, it's a dude, he's gonna do a thing... It'll be different. Just wait for it. And as, then as maybe. he sneaks out the back door, as he sneaks out, the, <laughs> as he vanishes into the the mist. What's what's the Homer Simpson meme there? As he oh, vanishes the corn, into right. the hedge, the, the corn. No, is it yeah, the hedge or corn? Yeah, so I think it's, I think it's a hedge, that's exactly yeah. that's Europe touring in a <laughs> nutshell.
0: <laughs> How do you deal with delinquent promoters? that don't want to settle, that don't want to give you what you need.
2: Uh, I have had more horror stories than I actually had situations like that. So, uh, pulling out the contracts usually helps. So I like to have the paperwork done before the tour starts.
0: I'm very... That's another thing that that a lot of people don't realize is that when you're a TM, you're working for, I want to say, like months, like two months easy leading up till the tour starts, getting all these contracts signed, getting it all settled. That's something that people don't realize, I think.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's, uh, I mean... If the agent is good that's booking the tour and the rep is cool, then this paperwork is done. So I get the Dropbox link, I download the files, bam, I know what has been agreed upon and upon what I can base my discussions with the local crew rep tech whatever so that is very cool um, sometimes this stuff is shady and then you have to either talk to the person find out that it's a cool person they've done this before it's no biggie or they're literally trying to I mean there's also of course a middle round uh, where they're not trying to be assholes but they're watching the budget or of course as you mentioned earlier on they're just fucking dildos and you have to fight your way through the day and i mean we've had a beautiful experience it being the very last day of the european leg of this uh tour that we did together if you remember which which show i'm talking about was bristol brighton bristol i think it was in bristol bristol and it was just fucking you had you had a fun day that day. i remember that it was just it was the last day no one had any energy spare energy she left and it started out well because i found a proper breakfast place and i was like fuck yeah gonna be a good day however the universe decided that it was not gonna be the case so weird we weird are... corner stage yeah, yeah, yeah. corner stage which is always—it's a sign. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And then just the tech was like, "Oh, I'm not the usual local guy." So sign number see, two. <laughs> yeah, let's see what we have here. Ah, cool. And then the promoters just—oh, we've done it like this for thirty years. Of course, the promoters was a dude and his son. So the dude was seventy, and his son was forty the bartender I <laughs> forgot. <laughs> yes so they were like oh we have a combined experience of 2 million years and, and the
0: gear in the corner and the yeah, escape yeah and wouldn't the work it <laughs> wouldn't work an hour
2: away from doors we're not done sound checking food isn't here just the whole fucking thing so sometimes you just have to fucking what's the word a crowbar move you just have to crowbar your way through the day yeah yeah prior yeah 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 yeah, so good fun.
0: <laughs> you mentioned Hummus Records is something you work with. Yes. Let's talk about that and its booking
2: as well. Mm-hmm. So I've always been intrigued to the Swiss scene, just barely by those were the shows I went to, to begin with when I had no clue about international bands other than downloading shitty mp3 from Napster because yes, that's how old I am um, I had a chance I, I had a. I had a very good chance because there was a, a good local scene there were always great local bands who internationally no one knows whatever shows going on in different cities close by I could go to, I could mosh I could find out like about all these weird as universe of like stinky people having the time of their life with very loud music and just being really fucking cool, a hundred percent positive experience. Would we'll do it again, maybe with earplugs, but that's a different thing. So yeah, so uh, I discovered local bands. I started to talk to local bands, and at some point, I started to work with a local uh, record label. It was more in the pop, alternative, folk side of things just because there was to my knowledge back then no uh, metal related uh, structure in place so I just started to work with uh, those guys and that was mostly online promotion which was still a very vague thing because that's let's say, 14, 15 years ago. So things like online distribution were still weird for bands. No one knew how it really worked if you wanted to upload your albums to online distribution services. I think Bandcamp was just about a thing, just not really. So you had to go through these online distributors, and it would take... Just to give you an example, if someone fucked up the name of a song, it would still take like 40 days, I think? Really? For it to be changed on iTunes. Got it, got it, yeah, yeah. So it was it, it was a thing, but it was very slow, very time consuming, so that's where I jumped into that universe. And then um, I started to realize that structures were missing for bands that I liked. Uh, local metal bands, so... Uh, I started helping them finding shows. I started helping them talk to uh, distributors. Distributors? Oh, there you go. Distributors. There you go. Thank you. Uh, I started helping them talking to labels and all of that. And um, I started booking them mainly and... Them in only in Switzerland like, or just throughout just Europe. Switzerland yeah sorry I, sh- I should have started out with that only Switzerland because Europe and Switzerland are two very different things and no one cares about Switzerland Switzerland is very much apart coincidentally that's also how politics works so it has nothing to do with it but it works exactly the same way so Universe. Uh, but we do have amazing bands. We do have bands that some people are aware of, like maybe a band like Nostromo, some people I've heard of, a band like Herod, some people I have heard of. We have bands like Coil Guns, uh, uh, Knut, or as as I heard someone say at some point, Knut. Uh yeah, so it, those are all amazing bands uh who, who don't tour enough. But if you go to a show of these bands, you will get your skull crushed. I promise you that. Find me and fight me. (laughs) Uh, There's a band called uh, Rorkal. I don't know if there's an international pronunciation. Rorkal. They used to be this super fucking extreme doom band with like one hi-hat hit per five minutes. Counted and also fight me. (laughs) Uh, Now they're doing more of like a black metal version of this whole thing. And there's just amazing... Why, why do you think these bands, as amazing as they all are, why
0: are they trapped within Switzerland?
2: Because no one cares. Of course, I'm simplifying things. It's uh, tough for Swiss bands to get noticed because... Of course, everybody is doing something special, everybody deserves attention, but at the same time the market is completely oversaturated, no one is trimming the fat, it's just, hey, we're over here, we're super fucking cool, check out our record, and people are just bored with it. And of course, Spotify isn't helping. In one way, yes, you can discover a shit ton of fans, but at the same time, you lose the band within, let's say, a couple of days of discovering them. You're like, this is my new favorite record of the day. And then the thing is gone. It's
0: something that happens to me. I used to always buy music and I would love stuff. I I would buy music religiously. And now that I've been using Apple Music, I listen to a lot more music but if I go into like my downloaded stuff in my phone there's like much less
2: than there used to be yeah it's yeah. I, I have so far reframed from Spotify other than uh pushing bands or doing very shitty disco playlists <laughs> that's, that's what I that's a good use. late night good yeah. late night good night late I think night that's fun. What, yeah. Yeah, so. I try to stick to stuff like Bandcamp or big cartel uh when it comes to supporting bands supporting or artists, finding yeah. out about new shit uh uh, by the way, this all sounds like I'm very up to date with underground shit. <laughs> let, me, let me be very clear: I am not. <laughs> I have no clue what the kids are listening to. <clears throat> Chris, this is really fun. So
0: happy you came and drank. Hey, look how stylish! with me. This is very. We're gonna keep cool. hanging out, and I'm gonna watch you do sound watch me do sound (laughs) I'm gonna watch you do sound fuck it that's perfect that's all it it (laughs) but not with you guys listening thank you very much pleasure cheers man hey thank you all so much for listening right to the end you know that I love and appreciate that Chris such a cool dude Uh, right after the show as we just mentioned I went and I stood beside him and watched him mix he is a true professional and uh, a real fun guy to be around very smart An extreme professional. If any of you guys are looking for a great sound man out there, a great tour manager, I highly recommend Chris. He is a great guy. Cheers, Chris. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. All you metal brewers out there, if you are a metal brewer, which means that you like metal music and you brew craft beer, I want to talk to you. All the metal brewers out there, please hit me up at matt at voxandhops.com. That's M-A-T-T at V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S dot I have an idea that I want to share with all of you, so hit me up. You can hit me up on socials as well, on the Vox and Hops Facebook. Send me some messages, you metal brewers. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I hope you have a great week. And remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops.